series on healing and freedom. Um, and I'd say today is a really significant day um, in the life of our church. We, this is Compassion Sunday. This is where we think about all things compassion. Um, so, so compassion is something um, that's important to us as a church as we really respond to the needs of those around us. So you've probably seen uh, the rise of food banks all over the country. Um, if I take you back to 2010, um, the Trussell T uh, Trust, who are the biggest, uh, largest um, food bank network in the UK, they account for about half of all the food banks um, that are, in, are active around the UK. Um, in 2010, they gave out 41,000 bags of food, which sounds like quite a lot on its own. But in 2017, last year, that rose to 1.2 million food bags that were given out. And if you account for the fact that that's only half of the food banks in the UK, that's an incredible amount of food that needs to be given out each year. Um, it's said that 7 out of 10 families using food banks have children. Vulnerable children and their parents are really just relying on charity sometimes to eat if they eat at all. And people use food banks for all sorts of reasons. They use them because of lack of work or more often, actually, ill-paid work. Escalating rents, which people have found are common. Slash benefits, delayed benefits. And four out of five of those people referred to food banks have skipped meals or gone without eating, sometimes for days at a time. And half said that they could not even afford heating or toiletries. Now, the Child um, Poverty Action Group reported that the number of children living in poverty in the UK is now 4 million. And that in work poverty, that is those people that are actually working but still in poverty, that that's the most prevalent form of child poverty, with 67% of poor children living in low-income households. Those are shocking stats, aren't they? You know, it's really sad that we live in a world like that. And in our own local communities, so many people experience poverty, they experience hunger, homelessness, unemployment, and our heart is to respond to that. Compassion is, is, is part of our DNA at Riverside Vineyard. It's part of our DNA as a vineyard church movement as well, around the UK and around the world as well. It's why we run Storehouse, providing clothes, food, and support for those in our community that are going through a really hard time. It's why we do meeting places. It's why we visit prisons and care homes. It's why we look out for the lost, the lost and the least. It's not an afterthought. Because compassion is part of God's heart and it's part of who we are. You know, when we look at the Bible, we see that God has a special place in his heart for the poor. In fact, if you go through the Bible, you will see that directly or indirectly, more than 2,000 times the word poverty is mentioned. In other words, it's a big deal. You know, I'm so challenged by uh, what John Wimber, he's the founder of the Vineyard Movement, he once said this. He said, if we ever ignore the poor and needy, we are as good as dead as a people. We are as good as dead as a people. Now that might shock, and I hope it does, because we need to know how important it is to be responding to the needs of those that are around us. And so this morning, I'm, I'm going to share a few verses from Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. I go right back to the beginning of God's relationship with his people. 
I'm going to share a few thoughts on that. And then Hannah is going to come and share some of the ways that we as a church have been able to show compassion to those around us this year. And, and then I just want to help, we, we just want to help all of us to be part of this. And that will look different for each and every one of us. But it's something that God has placed inside us. So can I pray for us before we start reading from this passage? Lord, I thank you so much that you are a God of compassion. That when you hear those stats, they're, they're more than just stats. Those are people. Those are families. Those are people that need your love and care and practical ministry. Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts this morning. That you would stir our hearts, that you would break our hearts with the things that break yours. So these words that we're going to read, Lord, I pray that they would would speak to our hearts. And that you would say the things that you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name. So we're going to read this morning from Deuteronomy, um, that's right at the beginning, it's the fourth book, isn't it? And if it's Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, I can count. It's a good start, eh? You're with me. Um, So we're going to read from chapter 15, um, and and just the first seven verses of that passage. So if you've got a device or you've got a physical Bible in front of you, why don't you open that up? At the end of every seven years cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel any loan they have made to a fellow Israelite. They shall not require payment from anyone among their own people, because the Lord's time for cancelling debts has been proclaimed. You may require payment from the foreigner, but you must cancel any debt your fellow Israelite owes you. However, there need be no poor people among you. For in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. If only you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised, and you will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. You will rule over many nations but none will rule over you. If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites, in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. You see, in this passage, we see something of God's compassion for all. We see this theme that runs through of cancelling debt and ensuring that there is enough for everyone. That is God's heart. Now, let me just give you a little bit of background to this idea. You know, the Bible tells us of this organized system and process of caring for the poor. See, God created us to live in community with others and to look out for others. And these verses show us that it was everyone's responsibility to look out for and care for the poor and needy. Families were there to help other family members. Towns were to support other members of their community. And the nation's laws were set up to help the most vulnerable. If you like, this is, this is God's blueprint, that we should each take the responsibility to look out for others. And in fact, when we do that, God says in verse 4, there need be no poor people among you. But unfortunately, we live in a broken world where there is always seemingly need. 
And I think, you know, when we see brokenness around us, it can trigger a question inside us. Do we stop and see what we can do? Or do we walk on by? You know, as a church, we want people to experience the compassionate heart of God. So we reach out to those on the fringes, the hurting, the broken, and the needy. We want to express the love of God to those that society ignores. Because of the kindness and the mercy that God has shown to us. You know, freely we receive and freely we can give. So what does being compassionate look like? Being compassionate, I believe, is loving the last and the lost and the least. It's befriending the lonely and the elderly. It's feeding the hungry. It's making the outsiders and the outcasts feel safe and wanted. Finding shelter for the homeless. Caring for the weak and the broken. It is stopping and seeing the need around us in our streets, in our communities, in the world we live in. But it's not just seeing what's broken. It's doing something about it. This is being church. If we go back to the, the, the history of the early church, the early church was renowned for looking out for the poor. In fact, when the apostle Paul was sent out to plant churches, he was told this, and you can find this in Galatians 2, verse 10. It's that he was told, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. The very thing I've been eager to do all along. Remember the poor. It's the thing that made them so distinctive, their love and their care for the poor. Now, Pete Gregg, who was here a few weeks ago, in his you know, excellent book, Dirty Glory, he shares this great story about the early church. It's the year um, AD 362, and there's the Roman Emperor Julian, and we're going to see a picture of him in a, in a moment. It's going to probably close into the spot, but that'll make sense in a moment. Um, and, and he writes a letter complaining bitterly the way in which the church was providing for the weak, the despised, the forgotten members of his own empire. I mean, really, like, how dare they? And he said this, he says, these impious, and that for me is a word we need to bring back, I suppose, isn't it? Impious. Impious Galileans not only feed their own poor, but ours also. Whilst the pagan priests neglect the poor, the hated Galileans devote themselves to works of charity. It's incredible, isn't it? They devote themselves to works, to works of charity. They were hated for the love that they showed to others. They remembered the poor. And as the church, it's what we're called to do as well. You see, caring for the poor is at the very heart of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It's about showing people that not only are there people who care about them, but about showing them that there is a God who loves them dearly. This is what it's all about. It's the very heart of believer, what it means to follow Jesus. And so, you know, we have a saying that we use um, a, a lot of Riverside. It's this idea of come as you are. Anyone is welcome. Whatever state you may be in, you are welcome. And you know, that can be messy, but that's okay. 
Because we believe that every good thing starts in God's presence. I love this, this quote because it says, when, when the marginalized and forgotten of any society are brought into the center of a loving community that worships Christ, powerful things begin to happen. And we just want to share a little story about someone who's been around over the last year and about some of the, you know, some of the changes that have happened in her life. So we have a video to show that one, and then Hannah will come back and carry on.
stand together if you're able to stand while let you join us. I, I, think what, I think what Hannah said there is that for some of us this is a really practical thing. It's like yes this is, a, this is an act of obedience or bringing in food or, or doing something like that but, but for many of us our sense that there is something more. There is something more for us and our sense that that, that line of you know break our hearts you know with the things that break yours such a, it's such a challenging prayer to pray because God normally honors those kind of prayers. Look, I, I just want to invite you more of his presence now. And we'll just see what he wants to do amongst us this morning. Holy Spirit, we just ask for more of your presence right now. We thank you that you've been with us. We thank you that you've been stirring us this morning. Lord, I want to ask that right now in this moment, you would come and fill us. And if you know you need more of his presence in your life, why don't you just hold out your hands as though you're receiving a gift because he has so much for you. And it's only as we receive that we can give. So I pray that right now in this moment that you would give us all that we need. Holy Spirit, some of us that are being particularly stirred this morning, because you know that when you walk down the street, something jars inside you when you see someone sleeping rough, when you see someone that's broken or hurting or lonely or needy in your community. And so if that is you, I would just encourage you to just repeat these words I'm going to say in your, in your heart right now the words that Hannah shared, that the words that we sung earlier, that, Lord, break our hearts with the things that break yours. May you stir us to no longer just walk on by, but to stop and to see what you are doing in the lives of 